we're back. That was so much fun for me, uh, <laughs> having your father-in-law and a, a childhood hero of mine. Cool. I played left wing. He could score, hit, fight, uh, lead. Already had those Stanley Cups. I was a little nervous having you talk well, to him, to be honest. It's got to be a little emotional, eh, having your father-in-law on our show. and Yeah. You know, good old Sammy, our producer, he missed the first three minutes of it. Where were you, Sammy? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe the best interview anyone's ever had with their father-in-law on a hockey show in history. And <laughs> this is a good time for me to go to the bathroom. Sammy checked out, eh? Sammy. It wasn't exactly an option. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You better now? Yeah. You're just, feeling good? I'm just trying to track down our 415 guest here. I don't know. He's asleep or something. He's oh. working the morning show. Yeah. I can't well, find him. Could you imagine? Can you imagine if he, if he no-showed? Oh, Kipper would not handle that one. I don't know. So uh, should we uh, at least, uh, how can you not have an honorable mention to Connor McDavid doing it all over again last night? Did you see it? Yeah. I, I watched it live. My God. And I was like, I woke up my wife. Yeah. And she's like, what are you screaming at? And I'm like, just watch this. Yeah. He's like a like Barry Sanders in his prime or Adrian Peterson, like the cutbacks, the change of direction, Allen Iverson crossovers. Nasty, man. But, like, if you're that D-man, can you stop swinging at the puck when he's coming down at you? <laughs> and then he, he takes a four-minute penalty at the end of the game. Did he? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, you didn't see the high stick? No. And I just thought to myself... Those stupid-ass referees. No one pays to go to a game to see Connor McDavid take penalties. Sit in the box, turn a blind eye. <laughs> the thing that really, to me, about those two goals, that, I mean, they're incredibly impressive by themselves, but they're big goals in the game. Like, it's not like he's scoring these goals, you know, like when they're up big on somebody. Like, he tied the game last night against uh, yeah. against a, a rival, good team, and then he ties it against the Rangers. It was, make it, was it 5-5? So, like... He's not just scoring these goals in blowouts. He's scoring them a big time. So You know how good he is? He does exceptional things so much that you said the words, you have Connor McDavid fatigue to me today. Not to throw you under the uh, bus, but just fatigue for the greatness. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just woke up this morning. That's and I was, such a Toronto Maple Leaf. Listen. <laughs> comment. <laughs> Isn't it? You're, you're right. I actually, you know, I feel bad you're just how I jealous. that. You're no, no, just jealous. No, you're, you're not. I'm not jealous. I... What it, comes back, what it comes back to is when the Toronto Maple Leafs were the worst team in the league and there was a, you know, a lottery for the Leafs and they had the best chances going into the last ball for them to win Connor McDavid and to him to be a Leaf and fulfill his lifelong dream of wearing the blue and white. <laughs> and the league didn't rig it. The league should have rigged it for the Leafs. They rigged it for the Penguins. Why not for the Leafs? It's oh the most of this guy. Yeah, they should have rigged this it. this guy. A, they should have oh rigged it. God. With the passing mention of B, they rigged it for the Penguins, he says. Like, the league's trying to prop up Pittsburgh. Yeah. they should. I don't lie when I say super fan. I, Leafs I've, super fan. I really... Sam McKee. I have... I resent him. I resent him. <laughs> I, I look at him. I look at him out there, and he just looks so... I just... He's so much better than I even, ever could have imagined. I know. It's ridiculous. And I just know what it would have been like if he was on the Leafs. First time he did it against the New York Rangers, he says in his post comment that uh, I'm just doing my job. That's what I get paid for. And you're like, no one really expects you to do that. No. Except him last night. Yeah. 
I just, there's no scenario where you're backing in as a D-man where you're like, this is fine. Like, I'll just relax. He's probably not going to attack. Anyway, Sam, you should do some texts and uh, and stuff. Of, so of let me get variety. this straight. Uh, JD, uh, oh, like, oh. <laughs> you okay? Up? You cramping up again? Yeah, you need, I, I just, you I need fear, to squeeze one out again fear, or what? I fear for Bunk. I don't know. He must have, like, he works morning show. It's been a long week. I get it. But he maybe fell asleep. I don't know. This is his, like, Big chance. I know. Let's do texts that we were going to do at the end of the show. We'll, yeah, we'll, we, we got a million fun. texts here. Right, so I, we'll start to get into it here until our big star guest, if we can track him down. But, but okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got one here that about your laugh, Kipper. And he says, I love the show, boys. So that's a great way to get Uh-oh. your text read. Uh-oh. But Kipper's laugh reminds me of Ray Liotta's laugh from Goodfellas from Mike in Toronto. That's great. I love that. I love that laugh. Me too. Ray Liotta's a wonder. He's a star. I kind of see it. Yeah, I amuse you. <laughs> I'm here to make you laugh. Uh, that was a good scene. Man, that's a that's a deadly scene. I appreciate that. I don't know. Is that a compliment? Is it? Uh, you know, did he get shot at the end of the movie? No, he's eating uh, <laughs> linguine out of a can. <laughs> yeah. No, he 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 doesn't he doesn't die at the end. But yeah. Ran- this is random. Okay. But I, I heard they they're, they're digging up Hoffa. Do you hear they see that? I found I sound like a Letterman or Leno. You're setting no. this up, but it's real. Like in a New Jersey. Um, uh, you hear about this? You hear, you hear about this? There's a uh, yeah. But they they legitimately are going to like uh, dig up a New Jersey landfill where they think they know where Hoffa. Why? Is. Why do they think they know that? No, why do they, <laughs> even if I'm he's there, you. why would I'm they want you. to? I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, why are we still doing this? Who cares? He's dead. Is it going to lead us to some, what are we going to, why are we doing this? But know. people want to find the end of the. Did he take the money with him? Is then the, it's is the a good barrel, reason. He's in a steel drum apparently. Is he? Is it full of cash as well? All right, I'll take Ray, Ray, uh what Leota. is it? Ray, Leota. Leota, yeah. Okay, Leota? I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. All right. In a bar fight, who are you taking? Kipper, Bourne, and McKee or Gunning, Stalick, and David Alter? That is a sh- short <laughs> fight. <laughs> uh, that is, that's insulting that they would ask. <laughs> insulting. Oh, man. That's Poor just Alter like, got no, I, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. I screwed it up. <laughs> I said Alter. I meant Amber. Oh, okay. oh. that changes things a little bit. Amber looks no great. Amber is a looks jack great. show. Yeah, he is. Guys, but I, I told my wife the other day, I don't know that I've ever seen someone as ripped as that person. <laughs> Alter and Amber are two very different things. Sorry, Alter. He does curls in between commercials. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, with me. I, I, he makes me like curl in a ball and just cur- He's gigantic. Yes. So anyway, uh, to answer that question, we still do fine. <laughs> Is that like a, like a, a Ron Burgundy kind of thing? Channel 6 versus Channel 12? <laughs> I love yeah, it. Correct. No touching of the hair and face. Sam killed the guy with the trident. Of course. Of course. Um, Bobby J. from Vancouver says, I love your show, Kipper. What? Thanks, guys. Thanks and a lot. Sammy yeah. and JB and Derek when Derek hits the button. Is, is it possible the Phoenix Coyotes are preparing their team by deletion, in anticipation of signing Austin Matthews to lead them to the promised land? I think that's part of the plan. I think long-term, you could always have that in the back of your mind, but like, get through this year without dropping $50 million. Like, like Start there. Yeah. But there is some sense that they're going to... I had heard they're, they're, they're thinking that uh, they got to play on some some land. Uh, there's a casino that you can go start betting the games. Uh, 
apparently they've got some plans there for a new rink. So I, I think everybody anticipates still, believe it or not, and I know everybody's heard this for the last 15 years, that uh, they should leave. But there is a sense that there's a, there's a plan for a new arena. You know, you could see a day where let's say that organization is in, they got a, a rink in a nice part of town where people actually go to the games and they're decent, where it's like, all right, well, that's a warm place to live. There's no tax there. Like you could see a day where hockey players would want to be there if they could build something. Uh, you know, I lived there for, for three years. I love the, love the area. So yeah, yeah. Austin Matthews would be a centerpiece of that, I suppose, but boy. Uh, being the worst team in the history of the NHL is probably not a great plan. And on that, that's a serious back burner. The, the one is now, how do we, the focus of Arizona right now is how can we stink even worse than the Montreal Canadians? Cause you are in a dog fight right now for the first pick overall. Where's the draft this year, boys? Uh, Montreal. There you go. How would that rig it for, uh, think that, there's your, think, Sammy. Hey, what do you think, Sammy? Does uh, that make uh, is that your Connor McDavid wish list there? Nah, well, I mean, I is it Sh- it's Shane, Shane Wright. Wright. Yeah, but I don't I don't I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Shane Wright, but I don't know if he's going to be Connor McDavid. And I don't think he's from Montreal and d- dreamed of playing. For but the- he will be. Oh my God. We we believe he will be the first pick overall. Oh yeah, but there's a is Russian the year kid. With Matt Vaymichkov. There's a the there's other? a Russian kid too that apparently everybody loves. That's going to be neck and neck for him and be good at the World Juniors apparently. So there's uh there's that. I don't know his name. So, I, I believe, I've, I believe I've, it's Matt Vaymichkov. Oh wow, that's yeah. a good handle. That was sounds uh, like a superstar. That was a complete humiliate humiliation for the Canadians. A eh? six nothing. Oh man, like, it's. I didn't watch the game, but everybody says that uh, it resembles a team that quit. Yeah, just how do you how do you bring it every day? I don't know. Have you ever played on a truly god awful team? Uh, Hartford, we missed the playoffs. And uh, I don't think we were god-awful. We just, uh, we weren't deep enough. Yeah. But, and we had fun and, and But you we found a way games. to bring it every Yeah, we competed. We, and we were motivation. tough. Yeah. And we were tough. We, we went down swinging. See, that's the it was thing. The year I had 17 goals and 325 penalty minutes. Oh, you fell three short, three snipes short of a big accomplishment there, huh? 325 penalty minutes, 17 goals. Were you on the ice the whole game? <laughs> <laughs> How is there enough no, time? The box the How is there if enough I time? If I would have hit twenty, I would have been one of six guys in history to score wow. twenty goals and have over three hundred penalty minutes. You spearing guys, and I got—I pulled my abdominal muscles. I couldn't even get out of bed the last, you know, two and a half weeks, three weeks. You mean, oh man, the uh, the three hundred and twenty-five pims is truly staggering. Do you know that Clark Gillies never had one hundred penalty minutes in a season? That doesn't surprise me because yeah, he scared 99. the heebie-jeebies out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, he got fives and fives only, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what do we got here? Jeff from Kitchener. How would Scott Stevens from the Devils do against Connor McDavid today? I mean, just I gotta believe Connor would eat his lunch, right? I kind, I kind of. I would never underestimate Scott, Scott Stevens. Stevens. Like, yeah. I just think of Stevens as like the physical size of like the pads and the man. I like Connor's just, just so fast. He is. And it is on another level. His fast twitch is off the charts. Yeah. Like there's only a I think there's only a handful of guys that can really process and and move effortless, effortlessly. Did I get that out? You got it. You got it. It's yeah. Friday, guys. Give yeah, everyone lay off, right? Bunk is supposed to be doing. But there's this. only there's there's <laughs> only a few. 
uh, Steph Curry. When you watch Steph Curry and you watch what he's doing now, again, it's like these these athletes, they can move. And it's it's a different rhythm for them. Forget who was telling the story, but like at um, Oilers camp, they do a thing, and maybe it was oh, it was um, Matt Nickel at the BioSteel camp where they do a reaction time thing. They have the guys sprint down the track, whatever, yeah. ten meters. Then they have a light, one on the left, one on the right, and they light it up at the last second and time yeah. the guys' reaction time. And McDavid is like head and shoulders above everyone. That's like his brain is doing it. It is as much as it you is. work at XYZ, he, his he, brain he, is working faster and, and, than most. And his he's wired like the the wires are different than others in terms of you know if you if you had a a highway between your brain and your feet mm-hmm. you know mine's on a side road my highway's on a side road his is like a super eight lane yeah highway what's nick Ritchie's? oh uh, we almost went the whole show I, well it just seemed we, we talked about his his but leg, that's, his reaction that, that's how he is just yeah. a specimen inside and out yeah, no, it is. And a, to answer your question, I like that some people are just physically more gifted than everyone else. And to, to hell with like it, you can get there too. No, you can't. And to answer your questions, Scott Stevens would figure out a way yeah. to get to 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 get him. You, he, you know what he Scott Stevens, do? his whole career has gotten every guy he he set out to get. Right. And you know what he wouldn't do? He wouldn't swing his stick and try to poke check him. Like there's that fear that Nemeth and Logan Stanley like, oh, get the you puck on this guy. I, I, like, I read. Not, I read a couple of tweets, yeah. Justin, and I, I just cannot buy into the, oh, come on, your head was down or, you know, just get a piece of them. I, 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 would, love, I would love everybody just to, for, for one second, if they could truly understand what it would be like to be a defenseman backpedaling in that situation against yeah. that guy one of the greatest comparables we have right now is the uh they have alex petrangelo mic'd up at a heritage classic and nathan mckinnon is bombing oh, yeah. through the neutral zone and like petrangelo what's he one of the best 10 guys in the league uh defenseman in the league he goes oh boy like he out loud goes oh boy like you know you're cooked you yeah. know it well i mean being it was nighttime <laughs> It was midnight. Cannon's got the train going. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh. yeah. But what it does, you know, what that conversation does is is give you some idea, though, of of what the defense mindset is today. And I've never seen more stick checking in my life mm-hmm. than I do in this era right now. It's true. And it's stick on stick, and it's not about playing the man, and it's not about looking him in the chest. It's... And he's the perfect guy, I believe, not to do that. Yeah. Against. My, I think but my it, thing is just that I would back in. I know this is easy to say, but if McDavid's coming down, you just you you got to back in so far that he has to shoot from above you. Just make him shoot it. Yeah. The next thing you know, you're in the blue paint. Well, yeah. Back, <laughs> back right? over my goal. It's true. <laughs> you, yeah. you run over Jack Campbell, and it's over. Yeah. I can think of a defenseman uh, that was burned pretty publicly by McDavid and. Uh, Morgan Riley here was that two years ago. Oh yeah, I think Stevens would have handled that one a little differently. Yeah, that's with, true. with a maybe a little uh, chop uh, on the way by. Yeah, you know that's a good point. I think they could have been handled a little differently. Take there, your pins. Now I didn't watch. Uh, I only watched the back half of that game. But there was a for a zero zero game going in late. There was some real intensity in that mm-hmm. game. Well, those are two very competitive teams with a chance, right? Like Winnipeg's off to an awesome start. The Oilers are tops in their division. But it different vibe than watching the Leafs and the Rangers. Oh, yeah. Like, we were, you know, we do 
share a group text yeah. once the game starts. And, you know, a few times this year it's been like, okay, boys, get her going. Yeah. Like, this is this is slow. This is not much is happening, and it's like eventually someone goes. This is a bad game. <laughs> this is a bad game. <laughs> this is bad. This is a bad team. Yeah. But They're like, not doing anything. Like we said yesterday, the Leafs have been playing a lot of you know quote unquote bad teams. So maybe it's it's the league sucks or the Leafs are good. I don't know maybe which way it is. Maybe it's a little wrong. of both. All right, this is an interesting one, and I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you had to choose right now. Would you take the Leafs' big four or the Oilers' four forwards? McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Hyman. Daniel from Toronto. Yeah, Oilers. Oilers, 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 Oilers. Oilers because you get McDavid. No, no. no. You get Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl's the next best player there, and then I I want Hyman more than... It's Dreisaitl. Tavares or Nylander right now. No, I don't. I don't mean that. Come on you, You love McDavid because he can do things that others can't do, but see... I, I love Drysaddle. I love his game. He's unbelievable. And he's heavy. And he is... A little nasty, too. I, I think he's the perfect playoff game seven type of guy. Oh, man. If that puck comes anywhere near him, he shoots it in the net. He's got that big paddle and the long stick. He's got a wheelhouse. Like, for me to hit a good one-timer, you got to get it in about a puck-sized window. You pass it anywhere within four feet of Drysaddle, and he can get all of it with that big paddle of his and get it in the top quadrant. He's nasty, man. 17 goals already this year. No, he does yes. not. No, yes, he, he does. doesn't. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, November 19th. So, Matthews and you'd say Marner, or would you say Tavares would, if anything, cancel out McDavid and, and Dreisaitl? Like, give me give me the comparables where you go on, on this, do you take the Leafs or the Oilers question? Well, you're doing Matthews, uh, McDavid. Then yes. you, you're going McDavid. Yes. You're doing uh, Marner, Drysaddle. You're doing Drysaddle. Anyone? Anyone going to call me out? Well, there? even if they cancel themselves out, now you're down to Tavares. And I'm doing Tavares over Nuge. Nylander over Nugent Hopkins. Actually, great question. Do you want Hyman Hy- or Nylander? Or Hyman. I mean, uh, boys, I don't want to say it. <laughs> like, I, if, if, if I won't say it. I, I prefer to have Nylander. I'll right. say it. There you go. What's that? I, I think Nylander, Nylander or Hyman. You could have them today. Uh, and are we including their contracts? No, just the player. Just the player. Right now, I'd have more faith in in a playoff battler in Hyman than I would Nylander. You you telling me you take Nylander over Hyman in a in a game seven? Well, Nylander was pretty good in the playoffs of the Leafs last year. He was. was kind of one of the only I'm ones struggling that here. The I'm struggling here. It's that I don't. It's not clear to me. I, uh, that should help how I feel about it. But probably taking Nylander. Probably uh, taking four Nylander. rounds. Probably taking Nylander. I'm doing it. I'm taking. Okay. Nylander. Yeah. All right. Yep. I agree. I just want to grind it out a little bit more than you guys. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, it's probably smart. If I've seen how this has gone for the, the Leafs. Not a bad question, though. No, that's a really interesting uh, one to kick around. Okay, this is a one that I've... It just makes me happy that Leaf fans still think this way. And it's been an argument that's happened with offensive defensemen on the Leafs. I think Rasmus Sandin should be a forward instead of a third-pair D. <sighs> what do you guys think? Because this happened with Caberlet forever was a conversation. I remember it was one, you know, I was a kid, but like in high, in school, in high school, oh, Caberlet should play forward. Jake Gardner, he should play forward. And now Rasmus Sandin, this guy's asking if he should play forward. What? No. No. Why do people think? And oh, no. That because defensemen are good at offense, they should play forward. 
Like, it's a totally different world out there, a totally different position, a usefulness. Like, and not to mention, you've spent your whole life at a position learning how to create offense from there. There's no guarantee you're going to be able to do it on the wing. Well, first of all, think about the skating that goes into a defenseman and then a winger. It's like, it's, he's a wonderful skater. He, he can go back, pick up the puck, and actually skate it out of your own zone single-handedly. Yeah, Why would you take that away like, and stick him on the wing? You put a guy in the action when you're a, win, in a winger. You're in amongst the, the chaos all the time. Like a D-man has it in front of him. It's just impossible to... Is there any case in the history of the NHL where a guy has gone from D to forward and had success, long-term success? Buffalo and Mark Pissick scored three on the on the Leafs. Uh, if you, you Dandenau know. was a defenseman forward for Montreal, wasn't he, in his career? Yeah, that Detroit, right. Detroit. But, I just can't think of anyone who's moved up as like a skilled D. Maybe just because they haven't got the opportunity. I don't know. But it, it Brent doesn't. Burns. Yeah, they put him back on. They D, did, but he they? no. Did he start and went up? And yeah, went that's back. right. Yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, Brent Burns did it. He started it forward. He, st- I think he started, went back. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's one. Not bad. You know. I guess that's Brent Burns and Rasmus Sandin, not this game <laughs> skill set. Yeah. Uh, so we got this one here. Saint, uh, please spare your listeners of the Saint Hyman talk. Groan. Saint Hyman disappears during the playoffs. Wow. I mean, listen. Yeah. How, and, do, you, how do you argue? No, you, you listen. You, you, one you goal can argue, but he's he was also on a team that disappeared. Yeah. And. Also, his role was not to provide the offense. Like, I understand that he, he, he does provide offense, but that was that's not necessarily when you go into a game and say, Zach, we need a couple from you tonight. That's never the guy you look to. But still, it's a good point. He hasn't scored in the playoffs. Yeah, and let's get him off this 50-goal pace, please. Sammy's not going to make it. Well, he's been stuck on eight for a while, but he still has eight, so. Yeah. Would that, would that be while. leading the Leafs in goals? And the eighth one that he scored was just like, you sh- it's shown now that, you know, he was like a toe drag into the middle backhand or top corner. So he's really kind of, you know, turned into the- And we're getting a few texts here. Didn't Wendell Clark play D, uh, people are yes. saying? Is that true? Yeah. What? Yeah, Wendell Clark was a defenseman. What do you mean, was a defenseman? Like, they uh, chucked com- him back there com- for a Coming few out of junior, or? he was a defenseman. Wow. And, uh, man, he could have... He he would have been a he, he, defense forward. Doesn't didn't matter. He's an all star. Could have done it. He could have done it, and he could have been a star on defense. So I played point on the power play in college, and sometimes had to skate backwards. Uh, no, no, it's not fun. Like when someone uh, Mason Raymond was in our division, and blew by me once when I was trying to skate backwards. I I gotta believe it's harder to go back as a forward and play D than a D man to just go up and play forward. For sure. You know, far more mental stress as a D-man. No Olympics, doubt. new competition, three-on-three backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that already. Yeah, we told you it's a bad idea. Three-on-three, three, only backwards. Love that idea. So everybody's going to just doing backhanders out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have another one there, Sammy? Or we, got a, we got a million texts, but if you want to move on to no, something no. else, let's, we can go. Let's have it. All right. Uh, our guy that texted and said, all right, I got destroyed on the Rasmus Sandin question. I appreciate the analysis. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yes, we do. On a Friday. Yeah, when our, our bunkless segment oh, here. I hope he's all right. You know, like at this point, it's kind of like he wouldn't do this. I know the guy. He's not, not in his character. I hope he's all right. Me too.
Hope he's okay. Oh, now you got me worried. <laughs> like a like a mother. I'm at not. Home. Whole, I, you know what? I'm worried that he's snoring too loud. Like yeah. I, he, he works some morning. She probably fell asleep. So I guess we'll just stick with that. It's Friday. He's probably got into the cocktails. Into the little Buddhas, which you can pick up at your local LCBO. Lovely. Uh, was it grilled pineapple and rosemary? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> is this a plug for my little Buddha cocktail? It is. It is. All right. And the weekend's coming, everybody. Run to the LCBO. Delicious. I'm gonna, I might have to stop on my way home. All right. Victor in Toronto here. This is Just wanted to know where you guys stand on who gets taken out of the lineup in place of Mikheyev. And this guy adds, and why is it Angville? So he just had to add that in there. But right. is, that the, is that the answer? It's a wonderful question. I'm actually really glad he asked that. So four left wingers right now. You got Richie, Kerfoot, Engvall, and Bunting. Ilya Mikheyev's going to come back. I get the vibe they want Mikheyev to play in the top six. You know, like given that, I don't know if there's any of those guys. Maybe Kerfoot you would call a top six left winger. So I guess you're looking at Richie, Engvall, and Bunting. It's not going to be Bunting. So now we're looking at Richie or Engvall. It's not going to be Richie. So... Boy. Okay. How'd I do? You're close. Okay. You're close. Okay. But what they need to do now is, again, you're gearing up for something down the road. Spread it out. I loved Wayne Simmons out of the lineup mm-hmm. the other the other day. Because mm-hmm. what it did is it kind of re-energized him. He's been great. Okay, but he, he he had a day off. It probably pissed him off, which is great even more. And he comes out, and I thought he played a great fourth-liner game. Mm-hmm. And if you can now be in a position where, like, give Spezza the night off. You know you're going to make the playoffs. You know you got to keep this guy one. fresh. Yeah. You got to keep him ready. Spezza doesn't need to play 65, 75 games. He just needs to feel good enough where he can come in, play 12 minutes a night in the playoffs, and then chip in and and take the back half of a power play when the big boys want to come off. Then you've also got uh, Engvall. You got Richie. Even Bunting, you could say, take the night off. There should be four or five of these guys coming out of the lineup every once in a while. Coaches love that, eh? They love when you have, uh, uh uh-oh, someone has to sit out and it's going to be a good player scenarios because you're getting the best out of the guys who are dressing that night. Um, Like, nobody's good enough to say say it's it's a lock other than really. Kerfoot's a lock. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, there is a group of them that can fall anywhere between – uh, uh, eight, nine, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth in your lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's what they got. You good with the rotation there, Sammy? Yeah, I I do think that if when Mikheyev gets back and that you know Kasha particularly and Camp are still healthy, I think that him with those two guys is almost just like oh, a what a line a supercharged version of Angval because I I mean. They weird check. They got is, length. This is not. Uh, this is not kind to Angval, but like Angval is a poor man's Mikheyev, which is a, a hard thing to say <laughs> about somebody, <laughs> considering Mikheyev never really shoots it in the net a whole lot. Yeah. But I, I really do think that that could turn into an even better sort of shutdown defensive line. But I, I mean, Angval hasn't scored much this year. Was he have two? Well, he have I, one? You know, I was literally just about to check because I think he's going to score. He'll find a way to get to 10 goals or something. Well, I think he has year. one or two this, so far this year. He scored against Montreal. Has he scored since then? 
He's, he's got one in 18 games. Yeah, he scored in the first game. He hasn't scored since. How's that pace? Not yeah. great. So 17 without one. So I think that that's probably would be their first move. And then you can do whatever you want with Angval, put him on the fourth line, or do what Keith probably in his heart wants to do and not have him in the lineup. But yeah, fair question. I thought that was a good question. Uh, we just got to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw JD at the bar. Says this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, God. I would not go over well were that to be true. No, I don't think it's true. And I just got a text from him right now. Okay. He's alive. He's alive. Yeah. Um, do you want him on? Do you want to put him on? Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll text him to get him on. 10 minutes? 15 sure. minutes? Yeah. Get a little 12 minutes down the home stretch. We'll give him a, a quick hello. Make sure he's okay. Check in with the family. I, I texted him to come on. So uh, right, he knows what's coming, I think, fellas. <laughs> well, we can we can go easy on him. You got one more for us before we get to the wonderful JD? Um, what do we say here? Um, Hyman is now with the clutch playoff Oilers, so he'll be great in May, That's says a, Ruben in Alberta. Actually, a very good point. The Oilers just got swept by the Winnipeg Jets. It's not like they've had a uh, long run of playoff dominance. Yeah. We shall see. God, we mentioned Hyman. Uh, but they're they're not quite into the... I don't care what happens during the regular season. I want to see what happens in the playoffs, like here. No, because there's no guarantee there hadn't been for Edmonton that there would be playoffs. So a uh, little bit of a different scenario. I am toggling through stats while we await Bunkus. And- so uh, just one note. I know we've had really small talks about Team Canada and the goaltending, but did you catch uh, Tampa Bay and, and Florida? Or, no, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay and Philly last night? Yep. Did you see Stamkos' goal to give Tampa a late lead before Giroux tied it up with, I think, eight seconds left? It was Spezza's practice shots from oh, off really? the goal line. On Carter Hart? On Carter Hart. So, and didn't make you feel great about the uh, Olympics? And or? he's been good this year. He's been awesome. He's top right? 10. He, he's been good this year, but... That's the goal that scares the crap out of you. Just don't want that one that Latvia scores from the goal. And, and then they go into the shootout because nothing was decided in overtime. And then uh, he gives up two goals on two shots in, in the shootout. But you can almost sense that the, the confidence that was lost off the Stamp Coast goal for Carter Hart and, and maybe some of the issues that he continues to maybe battle in terms of how quickly it can go south on this guy. Yeah. That, that to Emotionally me, fragile that in the Olympics. Me, that's, that's, that's that, nice. that to me is, 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 a, is a sign that uh, you get. We're going to see how he bounces back on the weekend, but not a good goal to right. give up. All right. As, um, as I've heard from my wife on a couple of occasions, you better have a damn good excuse. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have one. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. You're a guy. I know. Make one up. Well, here it is. This is, do you want want the truth? I walked home today. I was like, yeah, okay. I walked home after the show. Uh, I just took a little lap in the sun, basically. I'm getting up every single day at 4 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes you're like an old person where you just gap out. You just fall asleep. It's like narcolepsy. Like, you just go out sometimes. You lose time. I'm basically memento out here. Like, I'm just (laughs) scrapping and clawing my way through this sleep schedule. Sometimes things get missed, and this was it. I feel like a clown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was three I'm sorry. Yeah, he's good. Very good. 
Yeah, I think yeah, three does it that, for me. That, I'm okay. I, I got my satisfaction. Okay, good. You I'm got all right. Flash. Got it, so, you villains. While, while, <laughs> while you were dreaming, did you dream up anything interesting for yes. us? Yes, I got a couple of things. First of all, I actually came on here to feel good, like to feel better about yeah, myself today. Yeah, a bad move. Well, because the Leafs are kind of actually making me feel good right now, which is bad. Because when the Leafs make me feel good, that's when the hurt comes the most. And so this is the thing I usually guard myself against. And I come on and you guys are talking about Team Canada goalies. And I know I have to watch that USA roster play. I don't know. Some guys that uh, I just I don't have a lot of faith in. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, like mildly. Uh, so, yeah, didn't really enjoy the Carter Hart potentially playing for <laughs> Team Canada discussion. I'm like, wait, what? That's how, that's how bad this is? Yeah. Here's Here are my questions for you today. Number one. And this is a big born one because he's worked with the man. But has the Toronto media or the Toronto fan base or Toronto Maple Leafs fans ever gotten anything quite as wrong as what they expected out of Sheldon Keefe? When this guy came to Toronto, he was the Babcock replacement that was going to really embrace who Toronto really was. And Tyson Berry, the poor guy who didn't get to be himself under Mike Babcock. Oh, what a defenseman he would be under Sheldon Keefe. How he would be loved by Sheldon Keefe. Fire wagon hockey all the way. Fire wagon hockey all the way. And Sheldon Keefe the other day at the podium, after they beat the Nashville Predators, goes, that's the exact game that I won as a head coach. It was the most boring hockey game I've ever seen in my life. But the Leafs won. And it's low event, third line that is a pure old school checking line that shuts things down and isn't supposed to create any offense, just takes defensive zone draws. That's what he wanted last year, right? With Zach Hyman's group, but he just couldn't end up having it. This is his team. Sheldon Keefe's team is not one that was supposed to be playing fire wagon hockey. Sheldon Keefe's team is one that is supposed to make boring hockey games happen with a balanced blue line, and you get out of there with fans going, well, we can't really complain about the ticket price because we won. Bunk, one of my most vivid memories of being with Sheldon is, so you remember like when, when he, Keefe came in, he was supposed to go on the bench with Babcock for a year as an assistant coach and then oh. take over the Marlies. That was the plan because the idea was he would learn exactly how Babs wants to play, exactly how the players are supposed to play, and then he would implement that in the American League. For, so when they came up, they were Babs ready. So Keith was like, you know, he ended up taking over the team before doing the assistant coach thing, but like fully indoctrinated into the Babs ways. Like I've got pictures of Mike showing Sheldon, here's what I want to do, here's why it works, here's whatever. And like that's the only real mentorship Keith would have had in his career. You think he came by, he didn't get it in Pembroke. You know, with Sault Ste. Marie, it's him and Dubas. So a lot of his biggest influence and in how his teams play, you're right. It's very Babcockian. His opinions are not that much different than Mike Babcock. Okay, yeah, unlike... I just think of... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, like, that's just it. It's like when we get these visions in our head, we try to fit guys into narrative boxes. And I cannot think of a guy who the narrative box got worse, especially after the 24-7 series and what we've seen so far this season from him. It's it, like we couldn't have been more wrong about who Sheldon Keefe was in all of our assumptions. Like it is the number one easy. The assumption makes an ass out of you or to me. Easy, easy on coach of the year going to Sheldon Keefe right now. <laughs> It's November. Decade, you want to give him coach of November? I'm all yeah. for it. Easily the coach of November. I can't Easy. wait for that award. award yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe there's a couple other guys that could give him a run, but I, it's just too early for that, J.D. There really is. And I think he's he struggled in, in, in two appearances in the playoffs with matchups or key changes at, at, at the time or, you know, even some of the things that we saw. 
Now, of course, those are all, and I'm, I'll say it, learning experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think he has come a long way so far early in this season. But there's a long process here to go for for Sheldon Keefe. And I, 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 who doesn't love a 10-1 and record? But there are still signs of this this roster and some of the games that I've watched that I don't see playoff hockey just yet that can show me that they can win two rounds. Not yet. So are you guys ready for my hottest part of the take when it comes to Keefe? Because I don't know if he's going to win coach of the year. And yes, those, those playoff concerns are definitely valid because this has been two years in a row where, well, I, I guess if we count the Columbus series as playoffs, which I think everybody kind of does, that, yeah, Sheldon Keefe got outcoached in the postseason or there were pretty significant questions about his performance. And this is based purely on the fact that I'm a sucker and I love a narrative tie-in, but I remember a scene in that, tw- in that series, the Amazon All or Nothing series, where Sheldon Keefe calls a leadership meeting and he tells this team that he's worried about the discipline of the group. And Joe Thornton is in the room. And everyone thinks of Joe Thornton as the, one of the great leaders in hockey or whatever, but the guy's never won. Yeah, nobody, nobody thinks that. kind of that. undercuts. Nobody. Okay, JD, well, nobody fans that. do. Fans do. There you go. But Joe yeah. Thornton, he undercuts the meeting by saying, hey, but we're in first place, so basically give us a break. The Leafs lost in the most horrific and embarrassing fashion ever in a year where Sheldon Keefe was preaching a message about being defensively responsible and being tough to play against come playoff time. And now that group cannot deny him. Now that group has to listen to him. Now that group got embarrassed with their front-runner mentality of, hey, things are cool, we're in first place. And so now when Sheldon Keefe says jump, they say how high. And that, weirdly, for Lee fans, the biggest reason to believe in this group is that they choked so hard in the playoffs last year. Now they have to buy in with the coach. That's the hot take. I buy into that. Yeah. Yeah, you're good on me. Yeah, no, that that makes some sense. Um, the, the Joe Thornton thing was sort of like, a, oh, Joe. <laughs> like it's, I know. Yeah, Joe, you don't, you know... That's where Joe, you need, you need uh, editing control on that series. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that one going to air, Joe. Yeah, but no, that's that's valid. I think uh, Sheldon, to to your point, kind of has this one last crack at it, though. You know, like it's yep. he has the boys now, and it's now or nothing. The way I see it, otherwise the all or nothing series will have a clear ending. Which is wild because I think he's off to a start regular season-wise anyways with a win percentage that's only comparable with, like, Scotty Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know that, right? He's the single greatest coach in Toronto history. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> regular season record is absurd. There's nothing like it. And here we are, like, he better win this year or he's oh, fired. Or maybe his career is over. <laughs> like, it's insane. But, yeah, that's how much pressure there is. I just – I believe in the guy. And I really do think there's something to this third-line thing this year because they really wanted Zach Hyman there. He really always wanted a checking line. And it's not a good thing to lose Zach Hyman. But if Zach Hyman's here, he plays up there. And he's not playing on that third line. And it's not an identity line like they have with the Islanders. But I think it's the closest thing that they've had to it since Toronto has been Toronto. All right. Go back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Hey, hey. I feel. You're, you're, yeah. you're forgiven if you go to the LCBO and buy a case of Little Bye. Buddha. Come on, you know you know the fridge is always stocked. Like that's, it's, it's, getting, it's getting cold outside, though. I got to start mixing it with beers or something. I don't know what it's going to happen here. It's getting cold. You need like uh, I need some kind of a winter Hot session here. Where, yeah, exactly. Good comeback, buddy. I, Good comeback. I, I need I need a winter recipe. See you guys. All right, JD See Bunk is from the morning show. 
Uh, we didn't get time to talk about uh, the, the the kid that got called up. Oh, Riley Tuft. We had this big window and a whole segment we just oh, left we out. Did. We should have talked about that. <laughs> I know. I know. Here's Who's the, the producer of the show? Rick, what an Bonus idiot. Mean, hey, that's did you point. go for another dump? <laughs> <laughs> Friday afternoon. Hopefully the Leafs don't take a dump this weekend, fellas. There you go. Hey, terrific week, everybody. Appreciate everybody listening in again if wherever you pick up your podcast do a ratings and review we'd love to hear your thoughts good or bad don't matter nope. let us know on the real kipper and born show sportsnet 590 the fan good weekend everybody